0: It's the Blue-White Breakdown, brought to you by Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Daniel Gallon.
1: Okay, guys, time for another edition of the Blue-White Breakdown podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Daniel Gallon. Daniel, it's good to see you. We're remote this time. Uh, we did three of them from your hotel room in Tampa last week. The temperature was a little bit different than it is now. Uh, 80s and humid, Daniel. I don't know what it's like at State College in in Harrisburg. It's about 28. And uh, the temperature differential is wreaking havoc with my sinuses. I don't know how you feel. Because I went from 30 degrees for two months to Tampa 85. Now we're back to 25. And it's just been a little bit of an adjustment for my body. I hope you're feeling well. How are things at State College?
0: They're good. Uh, when we left Tampa on what was that Sunday morning? Now uh, yeah. it was it was seventy-five and sunny, and by the time I got back to State College at midnight, it was thirty oh. degrees. So, okay. bit of a swing there, um, but you know that's where we live. And you got to get used to it, and it's uh, it has been an adjustment though. I uh, I'm not a yeah. big beach humidity guy, but after a couple of days down there, I was like yeah. I might be able to get used to this. I'm not a big change of
1: seasons guy, but boy, it, it sure felt nice to be in December in shorts and just hanging out, you know, hanging at uh, outdoor bars. It was, it was, it was cool. The Outback Bowl itself. I thought other than the final score, if you're a Penn state fan, if you uh, Penn state fans in attendance, I think re- really had a good time, Daniel, we're going to, we're going to continue with the good time theme, Daniel, let's just get into some of the movement that's happened at Penn state. It's literally every hour, but um <laughs> Michael Hazel leaving James Franklin after a long stay as is uh, the director of football ops. Joe Lorig, as expected, is now at Oregon uh, in the same role, special teams coordinator, like linebackers coach or something at Oregon. James all but said it uh, in the postgame press conference. He said, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Usually I'm not a fan of lateral moves, but he's kind of from that area so that we knew that he was going to leave. Let's talk about some of the player decisions. And let's also talk about Penn State's new special teams coordinator. Let's start with Rasheed Walker, has not played football for a while at Penn State, didn't play the last two regular season games, was down there on crutches, was never going to play, I think, in the bowl game. Uh, He was a member of the 2018 class, so he's coming back for another year. I always get confused about when they decide to to make their decision public did you think there was a chance Rasheed was going to stay? I thought the longer it went, Daniel,
0: there was a chance. Maybe he would be back. Uh, when we saw him down there, it kind of piqued my interest a little yeah. bit. I thought that, Oh, maybe he'll be coming back next year, which kind of scrambles how you think about that offensive line. But in the end, I, it's not that much of a surprise. He definitely could have gone uh, pro after last season mm-hmm. and probably could have worked his way up some draft boards. Um, it's interesting because his stock, I would say, is is probably lower now, yeah. uh, than it was a year ago. So he has some some work to do uh, in the pre-draft process. Obviously, we don't know his exact injury, but I guess his first priority is to get healthy. Um, and if he can get healthy enough, then time for those pre-draft drills. And yeah. as I've written, and as we all know, Penn State guys test really well, um, so that should help his stock. Um, but I think that a lot of it will depend on what kind of coaches at the next level see at him? Do they see him as a left tackle? Do they see him as a right tackle? Um, How do they kind of square the potential, the physical gifts with the the on-field product in 2021, which at times was was not the best?
1: Yeah, definitely has an NFL body, has played a lot of football at Penn State. I actually thought his 2019 year might have been his best overall year uh, at Penn State. That was his last year, I believe, working with Matt Lime Grover was—I think he was the offensive line coach there. They're all—it's all starting to run together, Daniel. But his, <laughs> I thought his redshirt freshman year was actually pretty good. Uh, Phil Troutline took over. Twenty-twenty just so-so, and this year I had high expectations for him. I'm sure he had high expectations. There were just too many times he was beaten on plays. You know, we don't know all the what all that went into the blocking assignment. But boy, when you're that big and you're you have you have, you have the feet that he has. You expect some dominance. I don't know that we saw it, but I wish him well. It would not surprise me, Daniel, if he had a, a very good NFL career. There was a player at Penn State, James Franklin. I think he had him for one year, and he left for school. He left school early. Donovan Smith, similar to Rasheed Walker, big guy, left tackle. You thought he would be a little bit better than he ever, he was at on the college level. Left school early. I think he went in the second round to the Bucks, and every year he's gotten better at the NFL level announced to the point where he's, he's, he's often, you know, viewed as maybe a top five, top 10 tackle. I could see Rasheed Walker doing that, but I also think that he's going to have to do some, some good things leading into the uh, NFL draft. You know, there's some good tape on him out there. There's also some tape where they're going to officially some NFL people will probably be shaking their head, but let's, let's talk Daniel with him out of the picture. I think at least three of the offensive line spots for 2022 could be, constru- I could see them as being set. You know, Juice Scruggs started at center after playing guard a lot of the year. I think that's his home now. Caden Wallace, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not expecting him to say he's going to leave Penn State. He would be the right tackle. What did you think of Olu Fushanu against uh, Arkansas? And I would say he's definitely the guy to beat out at left tackle. He's a big guy. And I think he can only get better.
0: Yeah, I think the Fashanu, um, I think he acquitted himself well. You know, when watching the the game from our perspective in yeah. that press box, uh, it's kind of the thing where I think offensive line, maybe cornerback, uh, those are the two positions where when you're watching the game from that perspective, if you don't notice a guy, that means that he probably yeah. did pretty well. Um, there are really no points um, on Saturday where, I was like, whoa, Olu Fashanu really got beat there or or that I kind of noticed him. When you're watching kind of that big picture perspective is almost the, the highest compliment that, that you can pay a guy. If you're thinking back to the game and you don't really remember something from one of those positions, it's probably a good thing um, overall. The wild card is definitely the transfer portal. Um, earlier this week, uh, Hunter Norzad, uh, who's an all-Ivy. Nice pronunciation, nice. <sighs> Trying. Uh, yeah. He's an an all Ivy league right tackle from Cornell. Um, he put Penn state in his top five. Obviously if Penn state were to be able to land him, uh, the other contenders are Iowa, Illinois, Auburn and Virginia tech. If Penn state were able to land him, then I think that he slots in as your right tackle or competes with Caden Wallace. Maybe then you can move Caden Wallace inside. There's a lot of talk about how he might be better fit long-term for guard. Mike Yuricich was asked about that last (laughs) week and he just kind of nothing that they've ever considered. I think that that kind of opens, (laughs) opens things up a little bit for you going from there. So I think it is interesting. There's, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, I think that you have, you also have to factor in Landon Tangwall um, in there. Uh, Saleem Wormley, uh, someone who was in line to (laughs) potentially start uh, before he was hurt. So I think that Penn state could go into next season where I think maybe you put Scruggs down in Penn uh, for that center spot, but depending on what kind of personnel things happen, I think that the rest of the line has to be in pencil and you could have seven or eight guys competing for those other four spots when, when things really get going uh, the spring and into the summer, into the fall.
1: Yeah. They used a lot of, obviously Mike Miranda center most of the year. Uh, Started at guard in the Outback Bowl against the Razorbacks. I think his time is up. He probably should be up. I mean, he's played a lot of football. Versatile player. Um, I think he's ready to – I don't even know if he has eligibility left. I think he was a member of the 2017 class. So
0: Miranda has one more year um, that he could come back for. um, But
1: Are you bracing for a Mike Miranda return or not?
0: No. um, I think – just kind of reading between the lines, um, yeah. after the, the one practice before we, we went into it, uh, last yeah. Thursday, um, the Penn State players, the seniors were carried off the field. If you look at, um, on yeah. Penn State's Instagram, uh, which photos of which players were carried off, um, I think that you can kind of read between the lines. That's a little bit more indicative than maybe the, the senior day, um, yeah. ceremony was with, with some of the guys who've come back. But of course, as we've seen throughout the past couple of weeks when it comes to these announcements, you, it's not final until, until you actually know. All
1: right. It's the blue white breakdown podcast, Daniel Gallon and Bob Flounders talking about personnel moves within the Penn state program, either coming or going. Um, Eric Wilson, I think was the other guy, the Harvard guy that played a lot of guard this year. I think he's probably on his way out as well.
0: He's, he's know. out of eligibility. He's
1: out of eligibility. Yeah. So he's out of the picture. Let's talk about a guy that was, I think, featured a little bit on Penn State's Senior Day, who was injured since the early stages of the Iowa game, who was a, obviously the, a lot of people loved P.J. Mustafer's start because to get all Big Ten second team by the conference's coaches and first team, uh, all-associated press first team as a defensive tackle, when you didn't even play half the year, that speaks to how well he was playing when he suffered that lower leg injury, um, missed the season, he's coming back. I think we talked about it a little bit on our drive from uh, Tampa to Orlando on Sunday. What was he going to do? Should he go already played a lot of football? There's no guarantee he wouldn't get hurt again. PJ though, has announced earlier this week, he's coming back. Great news for Penn state. My only thought on that is when you're that big, 330 pounds and um all indications are it was uh, a pretty significant knee injury and that's certainly what it looked like on the field during the Iowa game you never know how that rehab's going to go you never know what he's going to feel like he's 100 percent. so what do you think went into I know he put a statement out but what do you think all that went into PJ's decision it seems like it was the right decision but I, I think it would not have surprised me if he was going to leave too
0: Yeah. I mean, that was one that I was, I was pretty 50, 50 on, um, because he does, he has played a lot of football. Uh, his, his tape is pretty good. Um, he has some really impressive things on there. Um, and if there is an NFL team out there that I could see falling in love with him on day three, uh, being able to get him as a little bit more of a value because of the injury and bringing him in and, and getting the chance to kind of, Finish his rehab with an NFL team, you know, in their facility, kind of getting him, him going on that way. I mean, I could have easily seen that happen, but I think that PJ has the chance this year to kind of rebuild that draft stock a lot. Obviously his, his playing style in terms of those interior defensive linemen, he's not one of those necessarily game wreckers, I guess, that you would think like, I don't know, like Albert Hainsworth or whatever, Aaron Donald really, He's going to take up the space. He's going to make the stops. He's going to be very sound. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a flashy player, um, but there's a lot of athleticism there. So I think that he gets the chance to finish his rehab now with Penn State, um, go into next season. You can manage his workload a little bit to, to get him where he needs to be and so that by the time next year comes around, he's healthy and he's ready to go. So I think this will be a big year for him in terms of rebuilding that draft stock Um, He gets to hold on to the leadership role again. Um, And I think that he's just a really good presence for Penn state to have around. And I think that that'll be kind of one of the more, I think underrated things coming back. Obviously too, you can't underrate uh, what he meant on the field, especially uh, the, I guess the juxtaposition of him getting hurt against Iowa. And then the next game being that Illinois game where they just got run all over.
1: I agree. And if if there ever Penn state could get a, a Position upgraded in a hurry by a guy deciding to return. It's defensive tackle, right? We saw them, they just were short, uh, quality players in the Outback Bowl. A lot of snaps for Devon Ellis, because I is there. Derek Tangelo opted out, so he's out of the picture. That was a really, really weak spot on paper before PJ even decided to return. I'm sure they like a lot of these players, right? I'm sure. There's even some more players they really like, but, you know, PJ has been doing it at a high level really since 2019 when he was in a timeshare with Antonio Shelton and he's just gotten better and better. I hope the rehab goes well. I hope by maybe the start of the big 10 season, even though they open at Purdue, I'm talking about like maybe October, he's close to hundred percent. Cause man, he was fun to watch. And I think the coaching staff really knew his value and Daniel, you make a great point. The minute he wasn't in there, um, you saw what Illinois was able to do, and it was just it was just not the same. As good as Arnold Ebiketti was, different kind of player. The defensive line never really, I don't think, recovered from a loss of P.J. Mustafa.
0: Definitely. And I think, too, um, that this is a position that they could look for in the transfer portal. Um, we saw them bring in Tangelo last year. Yeah. and Obviously, Devon Ellis, I thought, played some really good snaps because Izzard made some plays at the same time. Those are still kind of unproven commodities. And obviously the only way to, to gain experience is to get experience. Um, but it wouldn't be a surprise if Penn State looked toward uh, the interior defensive line and the transfer portal, um, yet again, to, to add kind of an instant impact running mate uh, next to Mustafa up front.
1: This is the Blue White Breakdown.
0: Welcome to Curaleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours.
1: Daniel, Jordan Stout, not a surprise going into the draft. I hope Penn State fans appreciate what he was able to do in 2021 and not just focus on the missed field goals because <laughs> he had a positive impact on this team in a couple different areas. He, he essentially took away the opposing return game, whether it was kickoffs or punt returns. He was really good at pinning teams inside the 20 field position weapon, another transfer guy from Virginia tech. Uh, I think it was the first team all big 10 punter deservedly. So it bothers me when people there's a lot of negativity out there. Just to focus on some of those missed kicks, I just think you're you're really not you're, you don't really understand the true value of Jordan Stout. I think he's absolutely a guy that could possibly even get drafted uh, in the NFL draft late, you know, sixth, seventh round, just because he can do so many things and he can get better, even if he opens the year on a team as the backup field goal kicker. You look at what Blake Gillikin's doing in the NFL now. I don't know if he was drafted. He was drafted late. There's like Robbie Gould played at Penn State in 2000, the early 2000s. Daniel, you were just a puppy, and he was not a good place kicker at Penn State. Um, he wasn't bad, but he was just so-so. He's still kicking, I think, in the NFL. So, to me, a guy like Jordan Stout, I really think he's gonna he's gonna make an NFL team very happy. He can punt. He can handle the kickoffs. He could even. I mean, he could if he gets better. Uh, as a field goal specialist I mean he's handling like three different jobs I think there's some value there how do you see Penn State handling all of the duties that maybe Jordan did last year obviously they're going to divvy them up I don't think one player can do all the things that he did we saw Jake Pinnaker in the Outback Bowl you know he's not exactly a proven kicker yet either but what do you see from the kicking game with Jordan Stout out of the picture
0: yeah, I think you have to start with Jake Pinneger. Um, obviously James Franklin told us not to read too much into the the senior day uh festivities and whatnot, but I thought it was notable that Pinneger is a fourth year senior and he was not honored at at senior day. And then you look into it a little bit more. Uh, and he came in late uh in the Michigan State game for the final extra point after Stout missed a field goal and an extra point earlier. And then you get to the Outback bowl and Pinneger's the he's the yeah. kicker. So I assume that that you start there with him next year. Um, whether or not they try to do something with what they did uh, with Pinniger and Stout, where they have the that kind of line of demarcation where Stout handles everything longer than X, Pinniger is everything inside X. Um, we'll wait and see. Um, but I think Pinniger will be the kicker next year. I think Sanders sehadek He's someone where you heard some good things about him um i think stout was was pretty complimentary of him at times and um he's a, a local guy i think from bethlehem
1: daniel i'm uh, for bethlehem come on come on you, how did you not tee me up for this it's okay,
0: it's okay. Learn. <laughs> the, Le- the lehigh valley pride of the lehigh valley i think that he'll be someone to watch and then i guess when i just kick off specialist i mean jordan stout was a guaranteed touchback this year um when i was writing writing his uh pre-writing his draft post i mean i think they only had Two kicks uh, returned against them all year, between touchbacks. Uh, I think one or two went out of bounds. There's a fair catch in there, onside kick in there. But to have only two returned, I mean, that puts your defense in a spot where every time they go out on the field, they know where they're going to start, they know how to start, which I think is something that that you can't really um, overrate. Um, and as for punter, Penn State signed Alex Paquetta, uh from Georgia, went to the same high school as Blake Gilligan. So there's a connection there. Um, I think that he'll be someone to watch right away. And then um, in terms of reading into the senior day stuff again, uh, Barney Amore, um, who was a transfer from Colgate, um, he was a senior. He didn't walk at senior day. Obviously, you would assume that um, Paqueta has has the inside track. But Penn State, I mean, James Franklin has talked about how they invest in special teams. And you look at the roster and uh, you've got all these all these long snappers, all these punters, all these kickers, long snapper Chris Stoll is coming back for a six-year next year, so, which gives you a little continuity in that group. Um, I think it'll be, it'll be a pretty interesting um, and I think potentially entertaining uh, competition through, through the spring, um, especially because Stout and Pinnaker had provided so much kind of continuity um, over the past few years that now there's, there's going to be some changes.
1: Daniel, you you mentioned special teams in the kicking game. Perfect segue, Joe Lorig out, uh, same job at Oregon. Stacy Collins, who last coached the Boise State special teams this past fall, is the new guy. Not a coaching lifer. He spent a lot of time, though, uh, as an assistant coach. I think there's a little bit of a crossover between Lorig and Collins. I don't know which school it was. I don't know if it was Utah State or somewhere. I think they were, they were both together. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, it was one of those schools out
0: west they both played at Western Oregon uh, for two seasons in the nineties. And then they were both on the coaching staff at Western Oregon in the late nineties. And then I think uh, Greg Pickle pointed out that I think when Lorig left Utah state, that's right. When Collins got to Utah state or vice versa, but they, they butted up against each other um, at Utah state. It's an interesting profile for someone who's never coached East of the Mississippi. Who has primarily West Coast uh, experience, but obviously Penn State had this hire ready to go. Uh, it was less than 24 hours after the LORIG hire went official. New special teams coordinator, special teams outside linebackers and nickel's coach.
1: Were they not together in 0506 at Idaho State? Did I am I missing that? Did you see that?
0: Oh yes, they were there too. Sorry, that yeah. was my. I, I forgot. I forgot. No, I, no
1: that's okay. I, I was just trying to. I sense that Joe and, and Stacy knew each other and I was just looking before the podcast where they might've last worked together. And I, th- I do think I'm, it might've been one or two years at, at uh, Idaho state, not that it really matters, but I, I have to think that maybe there was some input maybe from, from Joe Lorig about uh, Stacy Collins. One thing I'll say, Daniel is I think it would really be great if James Franklin got together with Stacey Collins this off season and say, Hey, If we're going to fake a punt or a kick, let's make it a little, let's give it a better chance of success. Cause there was a, there was that nightmare, the second fake in the Michigan game. And right before the end of the first half, I think of the Outback Bowl, uh, I think was Jordan, Jordan Stout was in the middle of both of them. It just did not go so well. So maybe James likes to write a lot of notes, Daniel. Maybe that's a note (laughs) for. James for Stacey Collins is let's get our act together. When we call the fake, let's give it a more realistic chance of working.
0: <laughs> yeah, I that fake from the Outback Bowl has kind of popped into my head a little bit over the past couple of days. And definitely one of the more absurd plays, I think we saw over the course of the year. From start to finish, the the formation, the play itself, and then the outcome where the Arkansas player dropping it, dropping an easy interception ended up being. The best thing that could happen for Arkansas, and then on top of that, it being followed up by Arkansas running a trick play uh, where Jair Brown got the interception to end the half. That was that was one of those sequences where you just kind of look around the press box and it's like, what are we doing here? What is going on? Uh, let's close this
1: edition of the Blue Light Breakdown podcast by me. I'm going to tout the series that I just started today on Penn Live. Uh, Penn State veterans to know in 2022. The idea is guys that maybe were not key guys or key cogs that, you know, for one reason or another, whether it was injury or uh, just playing behind somebody that was just much better than them, but you could see they were going to be a good player. I have like five or six names on my list. Uh, I have another list that's coming later, Penn State fans. You're not going to miss an award-winning Uh, list it's going to be I don't know what award it's going to be but it's I'm going to win something for these two uh, series that I've started and one of the first guys I wanted to talk about uh, was a player I think a lot of the fan base doesn't realize I think it was a pretty big loss when when Adisa Isaac he would have been a third year player I think in 2021 you know with them losing Odafe Owe and Shaka Tony thank God Arnold Ebiketti worked out in a big way But I think I think that there were some high, there were some big plans uh, for Adisa Isaac. We don't know what the injury was, but James kind of ruled him out in early August. I think I've heard some indications that they expect a full recovery for 2022. This was a highly recruited player, Daniel, in their 2019 class, the class that had Brandon Smith. I think at the top, Adisa Isaac was not that far behind. I think he is a player that if he can stay healthy. You know, they, they do have Nick Tarburton coming back, Vilbert Smith, Smith, Vilbert, correction, Vilbert. <laughs> I caught myself finally uh, had that three sack game in the outpost. pole. I think Adisa Isaac, if he's healthy, really, really upgrades the defensive end room. And I think he's a player that, I mean, if he's healthy and he's getting a lot of snaps, you could see a breakout year from him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think I saw something that James mentioned him uh, on the pregame interview. Um, on the radio before the Outback Bowl as as something about seeing him run around and, okay. and about how how great that was to see. So um, I think that he's someone where when you look at kind of how things worked out on the defensive line um, and kind of the the idea that if you have Isaac opposite Evachetti, mm-hmm. you know, that moves Lucchetta and Tarburton into more of those rotational roles. Evachetti and Isaac wouldn't have to play as many reps um, right. and it kind of the, you just kind of go from there. There, there's a big ripple effect, especially because Penn state never really got that other pass rusher. They never had a, a fourth pass rusher, uh, this year. It was all Epic Tarbert and Luchetta. You and I, uh, both, we, we believed Brent Pry at the beginning of the year when he, when he talked about Smith Vilbert being, being the guy and it took almost five months, uh, <laughs> to get there, but we finally got there, uh, in the outback bowl, which is, is good going into the next year, but I think that Isaac coming back will be good, um, especially because there is no one other than uh, Tarbert. You feel good about Tarbert and you know, he had a good game in the Outback Bowl. Yeah. I think that he stayed healthy uh, last year for the most part. And I think that he's proven that he can be solid um, in there. Um, but other than that, I mean, you're, there's a lot of question marks there um i think james franklin has said deny dennis sutton the incoming freshman is someone who can contribute despite not enrolling early so i think that you you have to watch him but Isaac coming back i think gives you that that number one atop the depth chart and especially with kind of the ripple effect if you put him next to pj Mustafer, that can make his job a lot easier yeah. um playing next to a big body like that so i think that, that was a good pick as someone that you know, maybe, I mean, I forgot about him at times this year. So I think that he's someone that the fan base will get familiar with this off season and beyond.
1: Okay. So let's wrap up this edition of the blue white breakdown podcast. Daniel's going to be back a little bit later in the week with Dustin Hawkinsmith. We're going to be rolling out three of them a, a week, even in the off season. There's no off season for Daniel Gallen. I could tell you that if you've been following along on Penn live, there's just no off season Daniel. I and mean, you're going to be covering, Picking your spots, I think, with men's basketball as well. You're going to be staying busy. Before you know it, it'll be time for Penn State spring drills. But Daniel, now that the season is kind of over, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You were talking about maybe a trip to Philadelphia this weekend. I don't know where that stands. What do you have on tap this weekend? Is it a is it an off weekend for you? Or are you still going to have your hands in some kind of Penn State football
0: coverage? So, uh, Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys are coming awesome. to Philadelphia this Hi, weekend. Dallas Cowboys, yep. Bob Flounders, is Dallas Cowboys. All. I'll make sure to put that in in the copy. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. We're we're credentialed for that, so Good. we'll ma- make the trip down, get to see uh, Micah Parsons in the flesh. No yep. idea who will be suiting up for the Eagles after they put about more than a fifth of their roster on on the COVID list uh, <laughs> earlier this week, but got that coming up. And then I think, I think next weekend, uh, first weekend of the NFL playoffs, that'll be the, the first,
1: you'll be up to something else. Penn state related. I promise you, you just haven't really conceptualized it yet, but I'm sure that you're, you're going to, I hope you get one weekend off. That's my uh, off season wish for you is to get a solid 48 hour weekend. in. hopefully you can do it, <laughs> but you never know. There's always Penn state news. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think yesterday I was uh, I was all suited. At, I was all suited up, ready to go out for a run at about four thirty. And then I nope. see the the Jordan Stoutneys come across. Luckily, mm-hmm. I had that one. I had that one in the can. Uh so that was that was easy to get up and get on the way. But I think that after I think once we get through this weekend, things will oh. quiet down a little bit. You know, it'll be time to turn towards recruiting the transfer portal and uh, to look at, at those kinds of uh, announcements and, and breaking news. So there's really at this point for any level of football, um, college football, NFL, there, there's really no real off season, but you make it when you can.
1: Okay. For Daniel and I, that's a wrap on this edition of the Blue White Breakdown Podcast. Remember, Daniel and Dustin Smith are coming later this week. I've seen some stuff on social media about some Penn State recruits and maybe their appearances in some games and they're doing well or they're together. Maybe there'll be some info from Daniel and Dustin about that. I don't wanna I don't wanna tip their hands, but I would imagine there's gonna be some recruiting news for you Penn State fans, and you're not gonna to wanna to miss it.
0: This has been the Blue White
1: Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.